0: Hello, and welcome to the annual Earthborn Games Game of the Year edition. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) It's our first annual. And Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. I'll be normal now. I'm sitting here with uh, three guys. You've seen
1: them before, I'm sure. Andrew Fisher. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Thank you. you. Did you get a haircut, Anders? Or is your hair just mussed up today? I took a shower and then... Laid in bed on my back. Oh, okay, so you until got
0: this like started, so. bedhead look, <laughs> bedhead, so and you, then I'm you just cool yeah,
2: hair that that looks awesome
1: whenever, whenever you want it to look cool. <laughs> not really. All I right, don't know. it's cool. looking like you got kind of like the wave thing going on. Yeah, the wave <laughs> looks cool. looks pretty good
0: today. I've worn a hat pretty consistently for a year now. I think I'm ready to show my hair again. <laughs> a lot more gray in there since last time I looked. Yeah.
3: Um, Uh, I mean, I'm saying, yeah,
2: I I know what you're going through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God, look at his hair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we're also joined by Evan Simonette. Hi. Uh, And also Andrew Navarro. Hi, Anders. Happy New Year. Hi. Happy New Year to you guys, too. It's good to see you all. I decided that we were going to do... Actual Game of the Year picks. <laughs> I decided that about two hours before the show. Yeah, it was and a bit of an impromptu decision. So we've we've whipped them up. We're going to share those with you later on. Andrew, what were you going to say?
3: I was going to uh, ask you if you did anything fun for New Year's Eve or How over it? this last couple of weeks of, uh, of holiday.
0: Thanks. Yeah, it was uh, the first season that uh, my daughter... I think understood kind of what was going on. So it was really fun to give her a bunch of presents. Got her a little guitar to take after me. Uh, She likes to pick it up and throw it on the ground. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it's going to last. Burgeoning rock star (laughs) mentality. Right. Um, It says for ages three and up, and she's two. So I hope it makes it till she's three. Um, But yeah, you know, New Year's Eve, I saw some friends and ate some. Too much, too many tacos and <laughs> guacamole, and it was great. That, that does sound great. Yeah, yeah it sounds pretty good. How about you?
3: Oh uh, yeah, New Year's Eve was was pretty fun. My sons spent the night at their uh, at a friend's house, mm. so, like kind of an impromptu decision. In the morning, so Rachel and I got to go out and like stayed up till like three in the morning. It was really. It's pretty cool, yeah. It was a really rare treat. It's not super it's so often late. where we have no. <laughs> oh, no, it was. It was very late. Uh, it, we just don't have that option very often. Where you know, no, you don't have to get home at all to make sure kids are in bed or anything like that. Did uh, you feel guilty or weird about it at all? No. While, while it was happening, you'll come <laughs> to realize it's a, It's you just you just embrace those moments. <laughs> mm. You know, milk every ounce of joy you can out of them. It's they're, they're really fun. Uh, we also went to yeah. uh, Mall of America uh, oh. for my son Sam's birthday. He took his oh. friends to the Mall of America. The and camp. Snoopy. Originally, I wasn't. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's Nickelodeon universe. <laughs> camp right. Snoopy. It's been hasn't <laughs> been Camp Snoopy
1: in like over twenty years. Yeah, but <laughs> something
3: <it's>, like that.
2: <laughs> it's so
1: weird because it was originally built uh, for. For those of you who aren't, who aren't aware of, of uh, Minnesota history, Mall of America <laughs> was at one point the largest mall in America here in the Twin Cities. Uh, I think it is still, isn't it? Is it still? I'm pretty sure I, it, it is. Somebody has to have usurped it's it. Like it's a to us. city in there. It's crazy. It's, no one it's the is, only thing we no got. Else,
3: yeah, no one else is dumb enough to build a mall this big.
1: <laughs> but yeah, when they built it at Canada, the center of the mall is Camp is Camp <laughs> Snoopy, which was a uh, was Charlie Brown-themed amusement park. And then Nickelodeon bought it and turned it into Nickelodeon Universe, but like all of like there was like this whole cabin theme that was like hard built into Camp Snoopy, and was way too expensive to get rid of. So like Nickelodeon Universe still exists on like this strata of like log cabin themed buildings. It's really bizarre. I've <laughs> right, never totally realized does. that. Another yeah, cool thing about
0: another cool thing about that indoor park is that part of what made it successful. In um, its design, is that the floors are not flat like the rest of the mall? They designed them to be kind of sloping around and hilly, like you're actually outside at an amusement park. Mm-hmm. I thought that
2: was a fine design. I thought choice. you were going to say the Legoland because that's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's right, a that while. too. Yeah. Legoland is yeah. cool too. It's still there, right? Yeah, oh, it yeah. is still there. Oh yeah, yep. The
1: first
0: time I went there when I was in, uh, I don't know, fifth grade when it came when it opened up. I remember going to the Hologram store. Did any of oh, you guys yeah. go there?
2: And I, I got I believe it's nearby things. the Magnet store.
0: I got like a William Shakespeare's <laughs> face like turning into a skull for no reason. Nice. I mean, I had no interest no, in Shakespeare cool. at that age, but I think it was the cheapest one. The Magnet I store? Used to, I used to
3: drive there uh, <laughs> after work Delight. on my commute back to my uh, like my first office job. That place was on the way back to my aunt and uncle's house, who I was staying with in Cottage Grove, and I would mm-hmm. stop by there and go to like the <laughs> the software computer game store. I think it was Electronics <laughs> Boutique. EB, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. EB yep. Games, no, yeah. yeah, EB, yeah. Yep, and I uh, that's where I bought EverQuest. I remember buying EverQuest? Uh, and, uh, yeah, a bunch of other Sweet. things, but yep. Mm-hmm. Those were the days, <laughs> but that was pretty, that was a weird experience, man. The mall's a weird place. That is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, kind of, it's like once every two years
0: is enough. I go there often actually, because do you? it's like my mall. Cause I live like a mile away from it. So, oh, nice. I go there to just like go to the mall. <laughs> What's your favorite
2: garage to park in? Is it Florida or Kentucky? I usually,
0: I usually hit up Maine. <laughs> 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 well, that's good. Um, yeah, it's my mall, and uh, there's not as many novel stores in there anymore. What's the best?
3: Well, so so what
1: does what does your teenage son do at the Mall of America for his birthday? Did you guys do like mm-hmm. mini golf? Did you do Nickelodeon Universe? What, well, what did it's he do?
3: Sam. He's not a teenager yet. This is the last. Oh, is he not? I thought he was thirteen. No, he's twelve. Oh, he's well, okay.
1: Um,
3: he just did rides. You know. Okay, cool. Yeah. They did yeah. Roller coasters. And
0: Wasn't it the, was it the log shoot? Was there not a theme in between Camp Snoopy and Nickelodeon Universe?
1: I don't know. I, I think was. it just went between the two. Okay.
0: <laughs> I remember there were plans to build a golf course in there. Do you remember this?
1: Recently. <laughs> oh, no. like a full size golf course? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've got mini golf. That was recent. There's an
0: indoor water park nearby. Ah, uh, yes. The Great Northern
3: Lodge or something like that. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a winter
0: wonderland inside there where <laughs> it's all hot. <laughs> yeah, for sweater. Yes. Um, how are y'all enjoying the show so far? Talking water parks and <laughs> <laughs> malls. Mall uh, talk. Well,
1: we're going to be talking about Earthborn archeologies arcologies later. The Mall of America is basically mm. a modern-day arcology now that they have a <laughs> a hotel there. You could practically live your entire life inside the Mall of America. <laughs> this is true. This is that true. sounds like a weird dream I've had. <laughs> Liminal spaces and everything. <laughs> so so in a weird way, the Mall of America kind of relates to our topics today. Heck yeah, it does, if we say so.
0: Um, yeah, we're going to do our games of the year at the end. We've got, uh, we're talking Earthborn lore. Is that correct?
1: Oh, we've, it, 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 there, there was a, a series of lore questions from the discord. So, um, there, there's a battery of questions. We're going to grill Andrew about the lore and, uh, awesome. you know, get a big lore dump today. So that's exciting.
0: If mm-hmm. you're, this is going to be a good one. Let's get right into some listener questions. And the first four-part question comes from our buddy, Virgent Admin via Discord. Um, World questions. And question one, how did arcologies deal with limited gene pools over the 1,000 years? Do you want to hit them question by question?
3: Yeah, let's just do them one at a time.
0: Okay. I I think that's an interesting question. I don't know what that means. What, what does that question mean?
3: So archeologies are. Uh, do you ever play SimCity two thousand?
0: I've played SimCity. Yeah, yeah, like the first one. The second. Oh, the second. One. Oh, SimCity. Yes, I was thinking Sims, but yes, I've definitely played SimCity two thousand. Okay,
3: so SimCity two thousand at the end. If you remember, like the like the highest level of residential building you could build was an Arcology. So it was like in the future. Uh. It was like this big thing. It had a dome on it. It's effectively uh, like this self-sustaining city, uh, like a city block though in, in that in that game. But yeah, arcologies are uh, like self-sustaining gigantic structures that house um, immense populations of humanity. And in the earthborn setting, many of the people of the uh, world fled to these arcologies uh, to wait out the um, the environmental the environmental storm that transpired for several centuries, hmm. and okay. then eventually they emerged, and that's where we are now uh, in the setting. So, what he's asking is, you know, or what ver- what Virgin Admin is asking <laughs> is uh, how they dealt with limited gene pools. I, I think there's a lot of fun possibilities for there to be all sorts of different approaches to that from arcology to arcology. If you ever wanted to like dig into the mystery of a particular place. Um, he asked the, the fourth question. Let me give a, a, a spoil a, a spoiler for the fourth question. Cause I think it's worth <laughs> mentioning now. He's answering any of these questions, spoiling the Rangers in game story. Uh, I think you'll find that we do address this um, with the, uh, existing archeology eventually, but it'll be a while. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time it happens, uh, you'll have forgotten all about this answer. Um, or will they, but yeah, I mean, the gene pools aren't that limited. It's not like it's a hundred people. It's like a vault in fallout where there's like couple, like a hundred people, however many people fit in a vault. Not very many where these tiny little social experiments they ran on people. Mm-hmm. Um, trapped underground for decades. Uh, this is more like, you know, a million people live here, um, mm. which is a pretty sizable gene pool. Oh, yeah. So uh, I don't think they had a ton to worry about in most cases. Though I could imagine, like I said, there there's fun opportunities for more dystopic uh, ideas, I think. <laughs>
1: um, well, I think to your... <laughs> To your comment about different arcologies approaching it differently, one thing I really like about, you know, one of the things you established with the setting that I really like is this idea, you know, because humanity was segmented off in these arcologies across the globe, and they all took kind of different paths, the world has gotten a lot more fragmented, right? It's not as like unified as it is today, right? Um, I mean, like as unified as, as things are today, it, it is... not. It, it diverges from that. And so each kind of area of the world has its own kind of unique story, unique to how they set things up. And so right now, we're really only telling the story of a very specific part of the world. And when we explore other parts of the setting, we'll explore how those people approached the same problems. So some of these questions we can't give a universal answer for because it's not approached the same way everywhere right. and how it's approached will kind of depend on that region and that culture and their perspective on things. I like you
0: guys answer to that one. I'm glad it wasn't some complicated like eugenics thing <laughs> 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 that, you, that you for some reason like had worked out in your head for no reason whatsoever. Well, it, <laughs> Any arcologies? Okay. So. <laughs> but that's
3: where your mind goes though, right? That's the whole point is that we try to, you know, when your mind goes to that, in that direction, we try to go the other way. Right, right. <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. Question two, how were conditions inside an arcology kept sanitary? <laughs> I
3: love that. Uh, that's great. You know, who knows, man? Future technology. I, I think, again, it's like this, this, this ideal of a self-sustaining uh, structure that somehow has technology, microorganisms, um, who knows who knows what, an incredible understanding of of physics and bioengineering, um, mm. make it so that they can keep things you know clean and the uh, air breathable, and you know get the dust off the surfaces and everything. Um, but again, I imagine. The, the approach of uh one span to another is probably very different and i would imagine also since many arcologies failed like maybe some places their sanitary systems um gave out on them and maybe that was part of the reason why they why they needed to be abandoned or the people
1: perished i can tell you that this question specifically uh Will have an answer in the game to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> I just That's redesigned cool. a card that somewhat answers this question. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm.
3: Well, infrastructure and like things like sanitation are things that I'm very interested in in the setting. Um, <laughs> like I remember talking to to uh, the author of the um, uh, one of the authors of the world book. Uh, and i told her like yeah i really want to know about like what do they do with you know for toilets Mm -hmm. what do they do with their sewage uh like what do they use to brush their teeth where do they get their water like things like that i think is really interesting because it's so mundane that it's a it's a great way to start a more interesting story to have something like like oh i gotta go change the valve on this sewage
0: (laughs) oh yeah Uh, and then
3: when you're there you discover something um that's a danger or something like that uh mm-hmm. i think that's a lot of fun this reminded me jeffrey's that... tubes see what's <laughs> going on what's the jeffrey's tubes <laughs> from star trek oh
0: okay yeah
2: <laughs> there's the... the tubes you're always cr- they're always crawling around when they have to service different parts of the ship oh yeah. the jeffrey's like, tubes du- like duct work style. yeah yeah yeah
0: but they call them the jeffrey's tubes huh
3: yeah i think they're named after a guy named jeffrey's I forget. He yeah. He discovered. I, the. No, seriously, though, wasn't it? It, it was, was the guy here. that worked <laughs> on the
2: set or something. <laughs> <laughs> he discovered the tubes. I shall
0: call them the Jeffrey's tubes after me, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> They're my tubes now. Uh, the Jeffrey's tubes. Come on. Yeah. Put, it, put it in the Discord.
3: I had no idea that was a possessive noun. That's great.
0: <laughs> this is reminding me of this this like a uh, proposed project in Dubai. Have you seen this where it's like a gigantic mirror wall
3: yeah. in the desert?
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, I have seen that. Yep. And like when you really like look into like how this would ever work, it's completely like stupid. Like wildlife cannot migrate. You know, birds are going to smash into this mirror wall. Um, <laughs> certain apartments will just have like no light at all because they're like deep within this weird... Um, mirror wall, what, what? <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. It was ridiculous. It's <laughs> your dick. That's cool, though. It looks cool, but I can see why. Something out of a movie. I can see how they'd get some investors in there. <laughs> Transportation, <laughs> you know, you have to go. You always got to go. You know, what if your friend lives on the other side down, you know, <laughs> you have to go like so far. <laughs>
1: So uh, the, I, I looked it up and the Jeffrey's tubes are named after the designer of the original Enterprise, the art, art director and designer. And mm-hmm. they called them, they would reference the Jeffrey's tubes as a joke. And it was an in-joke that lasted so long that it just made it into the show as canon. Oh, that's
2: great. <laughs> I knew it
1: had something to do with uh, someone behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, it's too weird. It's too specific of a name. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it too. And uh, the third question from Virgin admin was air freely exchanged between the arcologies and the outside, or did they have to manage recycling breathable air?
3: Uh, Same answers before this will vary from arcology to arcology. We do have another arcology design that is more about recycling air um, for a different culture. But I imagine that most places the air is probably pretty breathable. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of violent storms and, Unpredictable weather, but uh, I, I think we've, it, it, cause I've thought a little bit about you know that the trapped methane problem that, that this planet has, yeah, uh, and I like to think that they solved that problem, so the air wasn't poisonous uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to everybody, <laughs> uh, so they really have, don't have to worry too much about not being able to breathe. Uh, the air they're not necessarily in space though some people are in
0: space who I, I imagine they'd have
3: to you know
0: breathe recycled air mm-hmm. all right and you you answered question four already right from virgin yes yes yeah, just about that, spoilers yep. yeah uh-huh. that's not spoiling the in-game story cool thank you for that question virgin admin see you next week Uh our next question comes from Punkido, and they ask: Does the first release of Earthworm Rangers represent citizens of only one arcology? Why is everything wait? Why is everything about arcologies tonight? Th- this
1: one was kind <laughs> of a rider. They were discussing oh, okay, it on okay. Discord. Was, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> like did something come out about arcologies? All right. Anyway, back to the question. It seems to me that after a thousand years, there would be significant language and culture shifts in each arcology. So Mm -hmm. as to make them very different from each other.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And uh, like Fisher was talking about earlier, you know, there's no mass communication. There's no real regular, um, there's no instantaneous communication between, you know, over great distances like there is today for, you know, for most people. Um, And they're not really interested in it. Uh, They're really just, you know, worried about their own business Um, and, you know, what you're doing over there is, is cool as long as you're, we just can share all this stuff and everyone has this understanding. Um, so there's really not a huge reason unless there's something, you know, big going on you might go over to the next, the next culture and, and tell them what's up. Um, but yeah, the, so the people of the Valley, um, originally came out of one archaeology, but, uh, and, there's more detail about this in the World of Earthborn, Earthborn Rangers book, if you'd like to check that out. <laughs> uh, but it focuses on people who come from one archaeology, but then they move uh, over overland for centuries. And as they do, um, they meet more people and uh, their, 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 their numbers grow. Some of them stay behind with the other people they meet. Some people come along but they, they wander for centuries. So the people of the valley are, um, they've kind of gone around and become a culture that represents what um, I've been calling the Midlands, which is effectively like the area that is the Midwest of the United States right now. Um, so they're very representative of that. Uh, But there are a few other cultures represented, people ultimately from other arcologies uh, that you'll find in the game as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the valley itself, you will be exploring... uh, We've talked a bit about there being an arcology in the valley. And so as as these people are not from that, you kind of explore this perspective on a different arcology at the same time. So you kind of get these different perspectives on it. Fantastic. Thank you. As buddy. we talk about it, I have to think about what we've said and what we haven't said. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he asked about, uh, punquito also asked about, you know, language and culture shifts and yeah, there's mm-hmm. big culture differences. You know, Sam made a bunch of different cultures uh, that wrote up in the, as kind of like sketches in the lore document. Um, and we'll be, going into more of those cultures later on. Uh, We get little samplings of it in the core set. But I think I mentioned language at one point too, is that um, we're just trying, I think we're just kind of glossing over language unless we need to make language a thing. Um, You know, that's, I think he's, you know, I think they're 100% correct that uh, there would be some pretty significant language differences. Though they'd all have their roots, especially in the, uh, neighboring regions all have their roots in English and Spanish and other, uh, and other, other languages um, that people would have a general understanding <clears throat> and being able to communicate at least in basic form with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no huge misunderstandings.
1: But yeah, I will say to the cultural shift question, like you mentioned that other arcology that you've defined a little bit of, like if and when the people we know in rangers meet the people from that arcology, right? Like their cultures are so demonstrably different that yeah. it would be like a very alien experience. Right. Yeah. So, so yes, there, there are shifts, you know, yeah, totally uh, to keep it vague.
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they, you're right. They couldn't be, they couldn't be more different
0: in a lot of ways. All right. Our next question comes from Mixolich. Mixolich is EBG planning on considering running their own events like Arkham Knights? If yes, would you consider a campout slash hiking gathering? That sounds awesome.
3: That's a really cool idea.
1: Yeah, that is a cool Mix-a-Letch.
3: idea.
1: Mm-hmm. We've, we we to just general like events like game events. We've alluded to it a little bit in the past. We are currently working on some kind of um, uh, organized play-like thing so that people who are into the game can continue to engage with the game. Um, We're kind of exploring some unique ideas on how to approach it. Uh, So it might not exactly resemble uh, other organized play systems you've been a part of in the past, but um, we are working on something for that. I, I I can't say too much yet a lot of it just hasn't even been nailed down yet um but uh we are working on that uh it does not currently involve any physical uh campouts but that is a cool idea i do like that (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a really cool idea we talked about wanting to to go as a company to out to the out to the rockies just to hike and play the game yeah
3: that's it sounds like it's just hey let's just go hang outside and like do some hiking, play the game. That sounds mm-hmm. like that'd be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also planning on doing a local pickup event of some kind. Um, so with, when the game is ready uh, and is shipped, people who who live in the area will have the opportunity to instead of having the game shipped to them, can just come and
1: pick it up. Uh, uh, given our current time frame, though, uh, I'm gonna vote we do that one indoors. Yes, <laughs> it might still yeah. be a little. It would cold. be indoors. Yeah, it
3: would be indoors. <laughs> Uh, unless, you know, it takes longer than we hope for this stuff to get here. Um but uh yeah, so we'll have that. You know, and I'd like I've I'd love to do some kind of some kind of get together um just to celebrate celebrate the game and say hi to everybody and give you a at chance to all hang out with each other. At the Mall of America, everything. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> That, no uh venue would be less suited i think than <laughs> the mall of america will this will the game years. be available
0: at games by james
3: uh
0: maybe eventually that'd be pretty cool that would, that would be pretty cool right I near the it. right near the rainforest cafe just three stories <laughs> up i'm very familiar quite familiar with the <laughs> mall if you maybe have heard earlier in the show uh, <laughs> Um, the next question comes from Jared, and he says, "How do you guys feel about dice rolling for critical outcomes in games? Some people love them, love the random excitement. Others rail against it. For example, X Wing uses dice to determine the outcome of shots fired, for example, but with plenty of ways to modify." Dice
1: All right, so we've life. gone from we've gone from straight lore <laughs> questions to just straight game design questions. <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I love that.
3: I would like to hear Anders' uh, your answer to this first. Oh yeah, okay. Like Before
1: you get the like
3: grizzled
0: game veteran response. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, thank you, because I, I do have some thoughts about that. I don't play a lot of tabletop games with this in it, but I think about random. I mean, this is just a question about random um, outcomes of events, right? And uh, I was thinking about the game, this game that I love, The Binding of Isaac. And I was thinking about how it's a, it's a uh, what do you call it? Roguelike. And the game is just like a slot machine, basically. That's all it is. It's all random. There's not even very many choices. And I realized I love this thing that's basically kind of just rolling the dice. You know? And I think that's, a, that's an okay mechanic for fun. You know? It, it creates fun. There's that tension. What's it going to be? I'm excited that it's the thing I want it to be, or fuck, it's not the thing I want it to be. And I think that's that's a game, you know, even though it feels like there's not a lot of skill there. Um, Stay away from pull tabs. Right. It's a game, right? (laughs) Pull tabs is still a game, even if if there's no skill involved. You're making choices. Should I? throw away some more of my money or not, Uh, you know, (laughs) it's a game, right? Making choices and there's randomness involved. That's like sports. Anything there's randomness, right? Um, yeah, it's like nature. It's random. I think we're, we're, it's reflecting that back at us,
1: that random thing.
0: Okay. That's my philosophy about randomness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andrew, what are your thoughts? You've been playing a lot of Kingdom of Death Monster, which has a lot of dice rolling. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I was
3: going to bring that up. I, I so I enjoy <clears throat> dice rolling when it's good. <laughs> if that's like, <laughs> up. there's good ways to do it and bad ways. I feel like uh, there are games, and I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall flat on this because I can't think of an example uh, off the top of my head of games where I have rolled dice. And I've felt very dissatisfied, but I know it's happened. <laughs> I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there are lots of times where dice rolling—it's—it's it's one of those things that can make you feel terrible about how everything is going, make you like super grumpy about the game, about your performance, about every like everything about it is just it can make you super super grumpy, um, or it can just raise you up to this like a height that is unattainable by any other method i feel in gaming is that like fate is on your side that's um, what i'm saying yeah and it feels <laughs> yeah it feels really really good i was going to say like in, in in kingdom death the first time i played we had the uh it was like the the hunts where you uh, you hunt this white lion and you have nothing but a, a rock and a loincloth <laughs> That's it So like you can punch it You can try to stab it um, You can also throw the thing in Flash For a free critical hit You can It can You. C- it can uh, Mutilate your genitals If you're Ew. not. So yeah. If you don't have a loincloth No it'll Yeah if it cuts it's like first of you plus one loincloth
0: yeah. <laughs> Mutilate your genitals okay. it,
3: it can uh, oh. It's that it's kind of It's a detailed game. game Yeah It is very you know, Mutilating uh, your genitals <laughs> And the thing is, that's like one of the most like friendly
0: outcomes. <laughs> At least the... it only mutilated my genitals. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It just means you can't have kids, really. It's all all it does to you. Um
3: But uh that first time I played, I hit the the lion. So then I, you know, rolled uh I got a damage card. The damage card was like the beast's chest or something like that. And uh I when you when you hit you get the roll for damage. So I, I rolled to see if I damaged it, I got a critical. It's like oh sweet. So you know, read on the card, all right, what happens if I get a critical? It says, Oh, you you know, you effectively you hit it so hard, like uh oh, you just like, kind of like shake it to its core. Roll again. And if you get another critical, then you punch through its chest and rip out its heart. <laughs> <And> I rolled. <laughs> And I got another critical, and it was like oh. the best moment ever. Like it felt so good. It was, that is awesome. It was, yeah, it was. Is, is
1: the critical a ten on a ten cider? Yeah, is that what yeah, it yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. All right, a all right. Side. So ten percent chance. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Twice that's... in a row. Pretty great. Yes. But really if fun. Uh, the that's the amazing. third
2: crit. You punch through the body, through the heart, and you hit your friend's <laughs> genitals, and they take a crit.
0: Yeah, they and get their genitals out. <laughs> uh, you mutilate their genitals. <laughs> oh. So, yeah,
3: I feel like it's it creates those moments where it's like where you just you have this story to tell, and it, it, it embeds itself in your brain. And same thing is true for the times when the dice like really screw you over, because sometimes that can be really fun and dramatic and terrible ways too, especially in know tabletop miniatures gaming where you do this amazing maneuver you get all your stuff set up and then you just roll and fail spectacularly <laughs> yeah uh, and then get wiped out uh, <laughs> it's also it, it makes for good storytelling so i think by and large i i enjoy i enjoy joy dice and randomness in games if the outcomes create memorable events
0: well i think that yeah the, that scene you described from Kingdom Death Monster, is that what it's called? hmm Is just brilliantly designed to to make you feel like it's you playing it, the way you have to make that second choice. That's a decision mm-hmm. you made. You're playing, you know, you you made a, is it a wise decision to make at that point or not? And then also <laughs> telling you like you did something a little bit lame, but if you do it again, this badass thing is gonna happen. and, and it and it delivers and that creates that. Huge high.
1: Yeah. So to uh, push up my non-existent glasses and <laughs> do, do slight game design nerds. So yeah, like <laughs> kind of what we're describing here is uh, commonly known. I mean, there's a few different pe- pieces of jargon people use for it, but it's like output randomness. Basically, the idea being that randomness can be primarily divided up as input randomness. So randomness that happens before a player decision in kind of the game loop. And then output randomness, which is randomness that happens after the player decision, uh, kind of in the game loop. Uh, actually, I have an article about this on my blog. So if, you, if you're curious, oh, nice. you, you can go and check it out. Uh, but so uh, input randomness examples would be drawing cards, right, is quintessential input randomness. You, you have the randomized deck, you draw a hand of cards, and then you make your decisions in the game. Uh, Euro games are very known for input randomness. Output randomness is exactly as, as the question described and as you're talking about in Kingdom Death Monster, right? It's like making all your decisions, setting up the perfect thing, and then rolling the dice to find out. Or, you know, drawing the um, uh, the challenged card in Rangers to find out uh, if your test succeeds. You know, all, all of these are this output randomness. And output randomness is kind of the staple of Ameritrash board games. Uh and I think it got maligned for a long time. I think a lot of people, for a long time, considered uh, input randomness to be like superior in, in in this way, where it's like more pure game design, and it's like a more thinking person's experience, right? Whereas, like, oh, just like stupid, roll the dice and find out, haha. But to exactly what you guys are explaining, right? Output randomness you know euros are known for being kind of stuffy and dry because there's less of those moments of excitement and output randomness creates better stories and like these these more like it really plays on your emotions in these really fun ways and so at the end of the day i think they're both tools right uh, i think that a bunch of dice chucking and output randomness in a like really thinky euro game might not feel that fun cuz it's just destroying your strategy Mm -hmm. similarly like not having any of that randomness when you're like if risk had no randomness in it it would be a pretty dry affair right (laughs) uh um and so they're just tools and so like as game designers i don't think one is like good or bad it's just knowing what kind of experience you want your players to have and then like tailoring that experience to them um so if you're looking for those exciting like, make or break moments, you probably want some output randomness. But if you're looking to, like, set up strategic and tactical thinking, you're probably looking for input randomness.
3: Hmm. That's cool. I feel smarter
1: now. I know.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Jared, for that question. It it spawned a a well-rounded conversation on randomness. We didn't get Evan's
2: two cents, I have thoughts on it, too. Yeah. Not not well-structured like that, but... uh, No, my... (laughs) The only thing I'd add is um, I I love the randomness of dice results, but I think that the game has to be long enough where you get enough dice rolls in Mm. so that you don't play a short game and get unlucky with the dice and feel bad about it Mm. or have a uh, a skewed perspective on the game from the opposite direction. and, And like Andrew said, you know, have a amazing dice results and it, it kind of warps your perception of the game and you go into it. And the next time you play, it's like, oh man, I did so good last time, but now I'm rolling like crap. But if it's a longer game, I think the dice kind of even out, even if they're swingy and it makes for like a a more well-rounded game that incorporates more of your decisions, your tactical decisions, and that are kind of, um, that temper the dice results a little bit, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, <clears throat> I just wanted to share an example of swingy, uh, high emotion results um, with the RPG group I'm part of, which was my top one or number one um, game: it was Shattered Worlds. Zach Walton. This is. His, <laughs> it's his. <laughs> no, I. Well, um, I mean, it was my number one. F- well, back when we did the top five. Oh, that's um, right. Um, but he uses <laughs> the narrative dice, the Genesis dice, and. Uh a very fun a critical role results experience with his uh system is that you can roll a crit and it's on a 12-sided die so you know uh, whatever percentage that is um and uh but there's a lot of other factors that play there you can have advantage and disadvantage uh, as well as critical you know success and if you if you let's say you roll a um the opposite of a crit in that game, which is a despair. Uh, and you also, and that despair result is also accompanied by a bunch of, um, threat or, um, like less negative results, but still factor into it, to it. Those just add, uh, to a percentile table that Zach will roll or no, you roll. Mm -hmm. And then he tells you what your crit is. So, um, I think if you roll 140%, your character dies or something terrible happens. So, so basically a, a, uh when you roll a crit, you roll a percentile and then you take whatever result you get. But if you have a bunch of threat involved, that adds 10% or something. And if you're an unlucky character, it it doubles that. So his his stuff is wild and like each there's like it's ruthless tears of like <laughs> crits, like there's bleeding, there's just you get dazed and if you're a spellcaster, you can't cast spells while you're dazed, which totally sucks. Like my last two <laughs> characters were wizards, so Um, and I got that crit a lot, but you can just lose a limb too. So it's always very, very exciting and terrifying to roll a crit, um, in his game. Did he, uh,
3: did he lift that crit table from a different system or did he craft his own crit table of
2: horribleness? He probably lifted a something, but then just modified it to it, tailored it to his own maniacal, you know, ends. Exactly
3: we did have him. dark heresy we did have a pretty robust critical uh, oh yeah table. dark
1: dark heresies you like rolled on you, you could end up getting multiple tables based on the type of crit and stuff. <laughs> Star Wars also had a crit table and that goes up to like 140 and stuff okay. so similarly. yeah, he um, probably used Star Wars as a template. Yeah, we just we didn't quite roll on it as often as often as it sounds like Zach's system has you rolling on yeah. it. You had to yeah. you had to screw up pretty bad to get a, a really bad crit in Star Wars, or get hit by with a disruptor, which I guess is screwing up pretty bad. And the thing is,
2: in Zach's game, if you're trying to just do like a random skill check, and your character had a few drinks at the bar, add a red dice, and then the red dice can produce a despair. And if you're really bad at what you're trying to do, you might just crit yourself somehow it's it's, it's <laughs> insane. yeah that's way more
1: yeah talking about randomness and swinginess that's uh that's very Zach. That's, uh, it's uh a pretty ruthless rpg yeah
0: <laughs> all right awesome we have everybody's opinion on something <clears throat> for once <clears throat> just kidding um and then finally dare in the dependable
1: <laughs> did he oh, did he, he rate that or did you, I wrote that. Did? Okay, I guess. he gets a title now. <laughs> yes,
3: I've given. I've decided to give him give him a title. He's earned it.
0: Hey, you could earn it too if you keep Virgin admins on their way. That's that would be something. Okay, I think Darren should become a character. One of those things, or could... you draw him. <laughs> yeah. <me. laughs> For all your hard work on the show, giving us all this content <laughs> ideas, um, don't open that. <laughs> yeah, I'm <all around. laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it reminded us, you guys talked about that the other week real quick, and that game Coup that I brought up before did something like this, like a thing. And I just yep. remember the other the card that they added with this guy who, like, I don't know how he won it. It just looks so different from the other characters, you know? <laughs> oh, really? Just like a total, like, you know, gamer dork.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... We used to do that with our, with our world champions at FFG. We'd, they'd, oh. they'd get, uh, so in our card games, they'd get, a, they'd get to design a card and get their face on the card. Oh, nice. Uh, and eventually we stopped doing that for reasons. Because <laughs> it kind of. <laughs> it's very challenging. Uh, but yeah, I think logistically, it was like hey, incredibly difficult. We we shouldn't be using people's likenesses, like
0: to make it look like that person, but also kind of try to make it fit in with the more fantastical. Yeah, I
3: think a lot of them worked.
0: We did a bunch of uh, like
3: when you were at the company for five years, you got a uh, an illustration done of you in in the in a game of your choice. <laughs> and I think that
2: stopped eventually too. I don't know, Maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I, spoke no, they're still, with, they're, they're still, still
3: doing,
1: doing it. it. Oh, good.
3: Cool. Yeah, oh yeah. with someone last um,
2: week and they got they're getting theirs done right now. Nice.
3: So. Awesome. Well, I'm glad they're still doing that. But anyway, that, so like if you get the, uh, the Android, uh, Genesis supplement, um, Shadow of the Beanstalk, that is like a
2: yearbook of <laughs> it really <laughs> <is>. And as <laughs> the employees,
3: so many people in there.
2: Um, <laughs> They used to Disney used to let, or they, maybe they didn't realize that a lot of employees get wanted to be Star Wars characters, and then they found out and and stopped letting employees get their likeness <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Ah, uh,
0: uh-huh. yeah, that's,
2: right.
3: <laughs>
0: that's what, right. That's what I was thinking of was that, that Star Wars got closed off to us.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, Darren's question. And it is. (laughs) Now that we've got hands on the demo, we understand ranger deck building a little better. One can pick an aspect card and then have that guide ranger card choices. (laughs) Sorry, I got lost in that sentence. Or one can look for interesting card interactions and have that determine the necessary aspects. How do you prefer to build your rangers?
3: How did you do yours, Evan? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, when
2: I first made mine, I just chose the the background and the the roles I thought were cool. <laughs> um, that was pretty much it. Uh, and then when I was <laughs> playing it by myself, following through the campaign guide, I, I made more informed decisions because I didn't do very well with the character <laughs> I made. Um, so. What what yeah.
1: determined cool what determined coolness to you? Like were you looking at the art were you looking at your, your art? <laughs> yes, looking at my looking own at... art. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean like you know, you could be like, Yeah, I drew this one really rad and <laughs> I, 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 I guess
2: I guess I thought of what I would want to be what role I would want to fill in the valley. And mm-hmm. I I just chose traveler because I'm more of a, i c I'm like a creature of solitude in in a lot of ways. So I saw like Travelers, as or explorers, I'm sorry, explorer, um, as as someone who was kind of blazing a trail and off on their own and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. That is cool. Yeah,
0: that is cool, you little creature of solitude. You <laughs> uh, got too many, too many good uh show title ideas. I think I was thinking creature of habit
2: and then I said creature of solitude. No,
0: actually, that resonates with me. I love that. I think I would, I would call myself that as well
1: um yeah how did how did you build your playtest character andrew you had one character that you played through a lot of your playtesting
3: yeah i well i i'd played enough of the game where i i was effectively like these are the cards that i want um so by that point i just kind of knew i wanted to play a conciliator and um uh so I kind of started there. Um, but generally speaking, I tried to always start with the, so I guess I'd start with the specialization plus aspects. That's what I do. Okay. Um, I like having the aspects chosen as a guide to help me make my decisions. Cause again, I could just be like, all right, these, I can just turn these ones off cause I can't, I don't have the stats to get these cards. So I have to think about them. Um, and then maybe afterwards, I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. Maybe I should have done that. But then you know, I've made my choices.
1: <laughs> That's funny. That, that is in direct contrast to how I approach it, which is like, you know, I, I, I pick, like, I'll try to find the combos I want to pull off, right? And then, like, I'll kind of put all the pieces together around that combo, like, trying to facilitate it. And then I look at it and realize that, like, I have a bunch of high aspect cards that can't all be in the same deck together and then i'm like shit shit pull out pieces <laughs> until it works <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and, yeah and like and so I'll, I'll look at it and be like okay what can i sacrifice to get down to an as like an aspect array that actually functions okay i can lose that card and, and like i think i can still pull this off and so i i i think I generally build like that. I've, I've, you know, for some of our testing, I built it more like a kind of an RPG character, thinking yeah. about it thematically. But I generally in card games am a bit of a, a Johnny, a, a combo player, and so I, um, I, I like to find the the tricks, the little combos to pull off, and then make the deck make those happen. Yeah,
3: I like to move tokens around. That's the thing that mm. I've found that I enjoy. Like it, making token engines and moving tokens from cards to cards. I really enjoy that. There's some good shaper cards that do that also. Uh, I, I
1: feel like fun. most people who play this game will guess, will be able to guess that about you once they play, <laughs> play this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They,
3: I uh, I did the initial designs of a couple Netrunner cards and they were very token. They're all tokeny. They're all viruses.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Thank you for all your great questions, once again, people. Um, let's move on to what you've been doing uh, on this game this week, these weeks. You kind of hinted that it may be released while there's still cold weather. Yeah, that's a little... here, here, here in Minnesota. <laughs> so people, yeah. check your weather apps. Warm
3: everywhere else. Change your location. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, I think uh, I think our, our work stories section here is going to be a little short, given that we were uh, uh, just on the holidays. But yeah,
3: we had a we had, Chris the you know the weekends the the, the whole week between Christmas and New Year's off, um, plus yesterday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of a lot of time off, which I hope you guys had a lot of fun, uh, relaxing, and
1: recharging. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it, it was it was nice. I I did if you can tell from my voice, I did get sick. Oh, uh yeah, right, yeah, I know, right? Like like <laughs> right over break, I was sick, but it did mean like a lot of sitting at home, which was actually pretty nice. <laughs> so, yes. like Sam and I hung out and played video games together, so that was pretty good. That's awesome. Um, but I did do some work, so I, I do have a bit of work stories. Though mine, a, a, as we get further in here, uh my work stories are going to become tricky because I realized that the two main things I've been working on, I can't really talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So all I can really say is cryptic things. We should figure out a way of announcing some, 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 we need to announce some more stuff just so I can talk about it. (laughs) Um, but I did for one project we're looking at, I, um, brought a bunch out to my family in Colorado over Christmas. Um, and uh, uh played it with them a little bit. Uh, so that that was that was pretty cool. Um, and then one other project, I did some kind of, the plane is, I actually like working on the plane because you're just stuck in the seat. It's uncomfortable to hit video games. And so like, uh, on one of our other upcoming projects, I did some of my own kind of initial prototyping and got something that um, we are going to, at our weekly beers we're going to kind of play and brainstorm and awesome. I, I think it'll i think it'll be fun to kind of uh do a little rapid prototyping brainstorm session with the stuff i've cooked up so are we
3: doing that this thursday
1: yeah i i, I hope so Corey uh made some some uh wasn't sure if he was going to be there and was try it was like ah. can we do it next week cuz i want to be there for it <laughs> but uh i mean i i will have the materials this week so if, if 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 evan and andrew you guys want to uh look through yeah. and roll up some yeah. some stuff yeah
0: Nice <laughs> <Best> save yes <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> who's
2: next who's well next? i can evan. go real yeah I, I mean i like fisher i, I I'm working on stuff, but it's not like I can't really talk about it in detail. It's just that I'm doing the same thing, you know, every week I'm (laughs) working with artists and I'm working on art and Mm -hmm. thinking about stuff for the next expansion. Um, So yeah, this week is putting together a lot of art briefs um, and that's always time consuming, but...
1: It won't take you. Are you primarily like building briefs or doing your own drawing or like, do you kind of trade off between the two? I trade off between the two, like if I just get burned out on one thing, I can transition to the
2: other and hopefully try to feel a sense of accomplishment with one or hopefully both (laughs) before Mm -hmm. a week ends, you know, or before a, a deadline I set for myself is up. So that's pretty much it. Um, but it's cool to be moving on to the next thing.
3: Yeah, we already have a few art pieces done. Yeah, it's pretty thrilling.
2: Oh, yeah. really? Wow! And Man. Joe's been Just a couple. Joe's been uh, creating sketches. Wait, is this Uh-oh. is this
0: new secret thing, or is this Earthborn expansion? This stuff? is not secret.
3: This is the uh, expansion. Oh, okay. That, yep.
0: uh, is the next the, the camp- next thing campaign the expansion? Document. Yep. Because yep. Fisher, you have you've mentioned like another next thing before right
1: yeah we, we have a couple like projects that are much more kind of early prototype stuff uh-huh. um that that we are also looking at while we are continuing our ongoing development on earthborn so we are working on um the legacy of the ancestors campaign expansion as well as some other earthborn content um and then at the same time i'm also kind of looking at these other unannounced projects um so juggling a few different things but Evans primarily working on uh, Legacy right now. Nice. Can't wait to see it.
0: And Andrew. Yeah, so I worked a little bit <laughs>
3: over the week, uh, mm-hmm. which was nice because uh, pretty much everyone we're working with, uh, in addition to the guys, were out. So it was very quiet. So I finally got some writing done, which was pretty exciting. So I finally finished off all the trail map writing that I've been needing to do. Um, so that was cool. That's been on my to-do list for literally it's like maybe 12 months. Um, so that was cool to finally get, get that done. And we finally sent files to uh, the printer to Um So that's exciting. So it's Very happening. So he's going to hopefully be going to press here in just a few weeks in January. Heck yeah. yeah, pretty exciting.
0: Good job. Good job, Thanks. guys. <laughs> you
3: a, it, it was you a, a it was a
1: good feeling to have it all buttoned up before we left, right, and yeah. have like not have a break where we're like, oh, the, you know, the project's waiting on us while we like, you know, and, and so these kind of stressful days off. Instead, we could be like, you know, like it's it's done. Yeah, as much as you can call <laughs> something done, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's. We still yeah. have a lot of other work, but it was, yeah. it was good feeling.
3: Yeah, I agree. I felt like, uh, it was, it was a very, it was a very relaxing week. It was like probably one of the most relaxing weeks, weeks off I've had in a long time, even though I technically worked, like <laughs> it was <laughs> writing, you know, it was creative writing stuff. So it was, it was yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. And yeah, the week, the week was great. I had a really good time.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, everyone. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. Your favorite time of the year, the the E B G P C G O T Y.
1: Do we up. do we have a, a statue to send to our winners? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah. I'll send them a
0: miniature ranger. Send <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for to, fr- to from software, who's your EGB? <laughs> I'm not gonna do it again. Um, I'm sure they'd be psyched for that. The EGB PC i <laughs> <laughs> to be like, what is this? <laughs> Why? Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the games we like this year. Um, maybe talk about some other stuff too that you're into. But I'll kick it off. I quickly just thought about some games, video games, obviously, that uh, the ones where I, because there's many that I, that I liked a lot, like Elden Ring, but it didn't have that feeling, you know, where it just feels like it becomes a part of you for a few weeks. And like, that's all you want to do. Elden Ring was a great game, but didn't do that for me. Uh, I, I guess one of my, one of these picks is not that. The first pick I picked was something I talked about on this show. Um, it's not a video game, actually. It's that ball game that I played in Oregon <laughs> called, called Fascination, where you roll the ball. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So fun. And I haven't had like that kind of experience in a long time. Um, did, were you on when I talked about that one, Evan?
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like ski ball or something, right? Yeah, right. but you're
0: competing against everybody in the room. They're all have their own little lane, and you're all trying to get like I don't I can't remember now. Four f- get the ball into four holes first, or it's like a tic tac toe pattern. You got to try to complete, and it's just really exciting. And it costs uh, a quarter a game, and you don't like stick it in a slot or anything. Like a a kid walks around and collects your quarter. Um, you just like lay it on the ledge. And it's really it was really fun, had an impact on me. Um, these are my top four. <laughs> not five, not three. Um, number three was Marvel Snap. Uh, just because it's a really great game, I guess it doesn't. It kind of feels like McDonald's or something. Like it feels like it was designed in a lab to be really good and it is really <laughs> good, but it's kind of like soulless. Um, but it's just so fun and it's so well designed and I'm excited to play the new cards that just came out today. I can't remember what it's called. The like, yeah, it's like
1: the Savage lands now, right? Like Kuzu
0: or something, this lion that,
1: yeah, that's got a pretty, makes all your four cost guys cheap.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That sounds fun. (laughs) Um, and I've, I've probably played more hours of that than any other game this year. Uh, and it's yeah it's still
1: fun. Okay, number 2, Dome
0: Keeper. And Andrew predicted <sighs> I was
1: going to say that. I was in our in our chat podcast chat. I was guessing Dome Keeper was your number 1. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my number 2.
0: Uh, uh Dome Keeper is the best roguelike I've played in a long time. It's a unique mechanic. I love I didn't know this about myself until a few years ago, but I love uh games where you drill down into the ground. Um, that one, my drilly driller or whatever, Mister Drilly. Dr- <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're just making up games, <laughs> Doctor Drill. <laughs> Dr. Drill. There's Doctor Drill. There's Dig I... Dug and uh, Steam World Dig on top of. Oh it. yeah, that yeah. game I love. Um, anyway, Dome Keeper is really fun. I was, it gave me that feeling of wonder, um, for like the first five hours I played, like it was just so fun to uncover all this stuff like what is this that kind of thing um and then number one is a game that fisher told me i should play last week uh tunic hmm. uh, dang i had played it a little bit before you said that and i i kind of just played the first like i just played it for a couple of minutes and i was like uh why does the Fox have like Zelda's outfit on? That's dumb. Do something <laughs> it else. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it, just straight up Link's outfit. Yeah. It's just straight up Link's outfit, but I think it's intentional. It's intentionally kind of like, look, it, we did the exact, you know, I don't, I haven't finished it, but it's already my favorite game of the year. Um, And I don't think it's recency bias. Is that what it's called? Recency bias? Yeah. Is, that's yeah. yeah. I can tell it's not because I just love it. It reminds me of, playing Hollow Knight, which is one of my favorite games ever. That kind of, that exploration, uncovering secrets, the the very minimal storytelling. Kind of reminds me of Inside in a way, too, like going deep, interesting. going deeper down the rabbit hole and like, what is, what's going on here? And it's just great. It's, it's amazingly designed. It's like a puzzle box. The whole world feels like a puzzle box. You're constantly finding little passageways and Uncovering chests that all—that's another thing I didn't like. Chests. Why does it always have to be like a wooden chest with gold? You know what I mean. Like everything does that exact thing.
2: <laughs> just change it up. Have would some you fun. Want to f- happen upon a chest out in the <laughs> open world. I would.
0: I would too, and I realized as I played the game that they're just playing with that, like the icon of it. You know, like I think yeah. they like that. You know exactly what it is. It triggers dopamine in your brain. Because you've you've seen that chest before, and I think it's it, the game is just so smart and intentional in every other way. I would just have to imagine that the Zelda outfit and the chests are intentional. Um, but everybody should play Tunic, Evan. I think you would. Did I already recommend it to you?
2: Yeah, well, you. See, I can tell you it's a favorite game of yours because you're texting me like <laughs> stuff. You you were socially engineering me to in. Want to pick up the game because you you were (laughs) because you and i both have an affinity for um a guidebook is that what you call a a little book that comes with the nintendo game yes like the the art is in like legend of zelda Mm -hmm. um that is that appears in the guidebook is is something that i always love to see simple little drawings and pen and ink illustrations and stuff and that game had has its own in-world rulebook right or something yeah
0: it you you find pieces you find pages out of a nes style guidebook yeah. and it's yeah. way better than those books but it still <laughs> looks like it could have been uh one of those it has like way more pages and an awesome like diversity and the design and everything oh my god it's brilliant i love it it's one of those it's one of those things where maybe Eight or nine times so far throughout my playthrough, I've said out loud to myself, like, I love this game. You know. Just like, <laughs> oh my God, I love this game. Um like seriously and like felt it and like I, I had to say it out loud. Um so if you've played and you don't love it, I don't understand you, but I think you all <laughs> everyone should play it. And if you love video games, especially from the NES area era, you'll you'll definitely love it. And it's got a really cool. cute, cute protagonist. Yeah, every everybody would like this game. I think it's it's really smart and cool.
3: I didn't realize they had uh, released it on PS4. I will check. Oh, that. is it on PS4? I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, since September, it's not.
0: Nice. I think it's on Game Pass for free if you have Game Pass. I don't know. I don't. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Who wants to, to unveil their 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 uh, awards next? Anybody ready to go? Evan, you said you don't have any. <laughs> I
2: don't, I, well, I kind of thought of something while we we're this show was going on. Um, mm. Well, last uh, week you—I just want to say
0: you—you you talked about C- Crisis Core last week, the Final Fantasy 7 remake spin-off remake of a PSP. Yeah, game. And, and then I sent you
2: a really long ranting. I loved it. Discord message. I love that you knew ending. that
0: I you knew that I don't like games like that. Yet you still <laughs> yeah. Sent me like your thoughts on like the the kind of storytelling device or whatever. And,
1: yeah, I like, yeah. Really appreciated
0: it. It was really cool. I loved that. What, was because it a
1: good I, rant or a bad rant? Good. He
0: was like, like well, were
2: you mad or no? No, I. So I didn't think the game was t- talk about really it. Really that about, great.
0: You talked about but, the um, the uh, slot machine yeah mechanic last week and. It's, Tell us what you what happens. Yeah, so spoiler. instead of
2: talking about a top game, I'll just explain this because <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Um, but I, I do have spoiler one top alert.
0: game. Spoiler alert, first of all.
2: Yeah, spoiler alert um, for this obscure game that no one cares about. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so know. if you remember last week, uh, I was describing the weird slot machine mechanic for Crisis Core. Um, it's called the digital mind wave. And what I came to realize through playing the game was that the, the DMW, uh, would update with new images as you met new people, uh, throughout the game and you were experiencing their memories. And like I've mentioned, I touched on it. You, every time a memory played out, which interrupted battle, it would provide you with a, what's called a limit break, which is like a special ability, a one-time use thing that is powerful attack essentially. Um, so you come to rely on these because it's how you level up throughout the game. If you get a certain sequence of numbers, if you get all sevens, your character levels up. It's not, there's no experience points in it. Uh, if you match two two portraits and there are two numbers of the same uh, value, then one of your magic spells will level up. So it's this weird complex system of uh, images lining up and you're, you start to look at it more as less of a distraction and more of like something you're eagerly anticipating. Hmm. Um, Anyways, at the very end of the game, there isn't really a big bad end boss. Uh, What happens in the story is the main character is slowly losing, he's a weapon of a corporation and he's slowly losing all of his friends and allies to corruption. They're either dying or they're abandoning their post or uh, being turned on by the corporation he works for. And eventually the corporation turns on him too. And instead of a big end boss, you are just fighting an endless horde of infantrymen who just are the weakest enemies in the game. Like that's like one of the first characters you fight enemies, but there's so many of them that you just can't win. And they, no matter how high of a level your character is, they eventually take you out. And all the while this tragic thing is happening with the DMW It's trying to help you. The, the portraits are spinning and lining up and then you're waiting for something to happen, like, oh, I need a limit break and nothing happens. And the images get corrupted and then dissipate. And then you start seeing more meaningful people line up in the DMW that had the biggest impact on the main character's life. And they're not doing anything for him either. And then eventually you just die. You just don't, you don't win. And the, <laughs> I love the it. character. How, it feels is like, distri- a, yeah,
0: yeah. I love that. It like feels like an art film or something. It doesn't seem like something that yeah. happened at a big
2: video game. Because it was, it, it, it was so, it became so meaningful because it's such a big part of combat. And you you start off kind of hating it because it's so different from anything you as a RPG player would be used to. And then you come to rely on it, and then you, and then it doesn't do anything for you. And then there's this one, there's this final sad sequence where your character is just wounded and beyond recovery. And he's barely able to swing a sword. You just, if you hit the square button to attack, he just swings it wildly. And you can't even get near the three remaining infantrymen who are just taking pot shots at you and then you just Mm -hmm. collapse. And then the, then it's game over, (laughs) like literally the game's over and then there's a end sequence and it like kind of brought a tear to my, eye. I'm like, damn, wow. I know. For such a goofy game. That was a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. I thought you told me that you sounds cried, awesome. cried for yeah. hours. What's that? When you told me that
0: you said you couldn't stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you not to mention that before the show honors. <laughs> I can't stop crying and here's why. Spoiler <laughs> well, alert. Thanks for thanks for
2: allowing me to uh to to explain that event though, because I literally have no one to talk to about that game. Yeah, and of course I would I would tell Signy about it on the way back from picking her from daycare. Like I just beat the game uh, and I would explain the whole thing.
0: I love that. That's a, a
2: comedy sketch right there. Um.
0: But so, I, I
2: but do no, have, a, but you didn't oh, like so, that.
0: That wasn't your, one of your top games.
2: No, no. So I did think of a top game. Um, and I realized that I played it this year early, early last year. I mean, um, and that's a board game called nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, oh Yeah which uh, yeah a friend of mine picked up it's a kickstarter game and uh it's like playing alien or aliens um it's like set in that setting it's in the future and there's you're menaced by these creepy aliens that are crawling through the ductwork of a ship that's abandoned and um each player has a role um, that they fill and each player has a objective that they secretly keep to themselves and the objective may or may not uh re- require them to screw over like another player so everyone while you're playing the game and trying to survive and form uh these like form these bonds with these players you also might have to you might have to protect yourself from one of them or take one of them out and it's so it's it's almost like a hidden motive game slash survival horror game i suppose and it's super thrilling because there's so many different ways to win and lose um i I loved it it's it's great it's a great Mm. game i I like describing
3: that game is like it's like aliens if every (laughs) if every player played paul riser's character yeah it is (laughs) yeah
2: because he's the corp the corpo dude who's yeah because everyone
1: and you're unsure of motives yeah Yeah. Uh uh-huh yeah, you you Everyone's have two
2: motives, it. and I believe you have to choose one of them at a certain point in the game. Or am I yeah. thinking of it? Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. Yep. yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that game's super fun. It's also like talk about randomness. There is some randomness yeah. that happens. That it, it's it, it again. It's like sometimes it's really fun. Other times, it's just like, oh, I guess the game's over.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to <laughs> play again? <laughs> hey, I'm okay. I'm alright. I don't know. There's a lot of components to put. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
3: Yeah. But uh, I, I've had a good time with that game more often than not. I think it's pretty fun.
2: What what I found fun about it was trying to orchestrate a scenario where I can airlock or blast a player out of a room, one of the rooms, you know, just them and not any other mm. player, uh-huh. without them being <laughs> suspicious of me, <laughs> and and hope that they don't have a spacesuit that they can survive with, you know, only to reemerge yeah. in another place and seek revenge.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um... No, 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 stand right there. No reason. Yeah.
0: No reason. <laughs> Man, there Speaking of slot machines and aliens and everything, that reminds me of a old slot machine that I used to love to play at Mystic Lake Casino. When I went there like a few times, there was like an airlock sequence like bonus round in the Aliens <laughs> slot machine based on the movie. Funny. And that's where I would win. I think I won like 70 bucks one time. Went to Red Lobster. Nice. <laughs> 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 to Red Lobster on the way home. No joke. <laughs> All right, so your picks are not Crisis Core and Nemesis. No. Nemesis yeah. is number one. Yep. Awesome. Okay, who, who's who? Who do we want to
1: save for last? We we can save we can save Andrew for last. Uh, or, I okay. you wanna say,
3: like I feel like you've played more games this year, yeah. And more. you I
0: also said like... that you used like a database that you created <laughs> to determine. I think you should go last. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I think you should go last. <laughs> all, right, you, all right. You'll fine. have the most, I think
3: <laughs> you know, relevant list to people who, who are, have been keeping up. Uh, I, I put together a short list during the show. I did have just one game there. I was like, Oh, okay, I'll do a list. But it's interesting. Like thinking back to thinking about where I am today versus where I was like 15 years ago, like 15, 14, 13, like, uh, I would play every possible video game, like a almost like a video game journalist, mm-hmm. um, to try to be able to uh, like listen to those game of the year podcasts and like have opinions about everything they were talking about. Right. And now it's like, what did I even play? You played Elden Ring, this right? Here, I played Elden Ring. I think that <laughs> yeah. might be it. I think that might be I the don't... only new game it... I played
1: physically possible to really keep up with games not anymore like,
3: it used to be i think yeah to keep in, but like keep up with the big ones
1: with AAA it takes going so down long. to just a few studios and now indie games becoming like culturally yeah. really really relevant yeah there's just too many hours of game to play you have yeah. to choose right totally yeah. but like i used to like make lists i
3: have game of, i have a giant oh, dot com account and you can go to my <laughs> you can go to my profile play page on, on giant bomb and you can look at the, my lists from like 2009 and 10 and 11 and 12. I think I, 13, I think I still have a list on there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's where it kind of started are, are to fall you, apart. Are you Andrew D2? Andrew D2. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, okay. I found, I found you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That was my, that's my Xbox. That's my Xbox live. name. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did come up with a very short list <laughs> okay. while we were talking. So uh it's a three game list. Okay. So I think number three on my list is Kingdom Death Monster. I've really been enjoying playing that. My friends, it's been nice. our first successful regular game event thing that we've done since the pandemic. And so that's it's been really cool just to be able to hang out with my friends uh every week um more or less and um, we invited uh, a friend of a friend to that so i met a new friend which is cool um you know it doesn't happen super often as no. adults no. and uh so that's been really great it's been a lot of fun playing we're having a great time um and it's just fun getting getting together and hanging out every uh every week for a few hours cool. um number 2 on my list is catan dawn of humankind which did come out this year uh, because I've, you know, I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast have mm-hmm. really been having fun playing that with my sons and with uh with my a couple times rachel's played um so i played I, I played that game a fair number of times this year and uh, i've really been enjoying it and um so that's number two on my list number one on my list is earthborn rangers
1: yeah, uh, nice. hell yeah! Because I thought about, it, I was like, wait, what game did I-? I? I played
3: a shitload of earthborne Rangers, and I really, really enjoyed it. So hell yeah, uh, that is definitely my my game of the year. Is our own game in <laughs> prototype form.
0: <laughs>
1: now you should have gone last. That would have been such a good ending. You should have gone <laughs> last. <laughs>
3: I'll edit it. I'll edit it. I'll flip it around. Post. Uh, it's the it's the false ending. It's the false ending. Yeah, you just got the it's the
1: yeah no that that, that, i mean you know well it's a self-serving answer for us to say that on here that is a good answer like you're right i've played more hours of earthborne rangers than any other game (laughs) yeah (laughs) than most other games combined probably (laughs) yeah Yeah. totally
3: totally i looked i got my steam in review steam year in review and i checked that out um you know it's kind of like they tell you like all the games you played over the years and over the year and Etc. The mm-hmm. only game I played was Tabletop
0: Simulator. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> well, great list. All right, Fisher. What is yours?
1: Yeah. So as you mentioned, uh, though uh, regular listeners of the podcast will know that I have a pretty robust Notion uh, board where I track all of my to dos, and I also track every piece of media that I want to consume. Because <laughs> I'll i just forget, right? So like every game, I basically just have this master list and then you can like put in like, it's a video game, board game, TV show, podcast, book, whatever, right? Anything I want to check out, I just drop in the list and then sort. And then, you know, I already have this list. So after I complete them, I mark down what day I completed them and then give them kind of a rating and maybe leave some notes for myself on what my thoughts were. So I was, like, struggling to remember everything I played this year. Um, And so then I just, I was like, wait, I have, this is why I keep notes. And so I just sorted my list for everything that has a finished date in 2022. And then I sorted it by star rating, like, by my rating system. Um, And so so I'll rattle off my top ones uh, really quick. And then... I'll reveal what I think is probably the one that, in, like, uh, is my actual game of the year pick. Um, so to quickly rattle off the, the top of the list, uh, the top of the list was Elden Ring. Everybody knows Elden Ring for obvious mm. reasons. It was very high up there. Unpacking was on there. Mm. Um, this is a small video game, kind of a 2D isometric game where you are unpacking stuff like... You are a person who is moving into a new place and you're unpacking stuff from their boxes and you just have to unpack and put everything on the shelves nicely and then you're done. And then you kind of do that throughout several stages of this person's life and it kind of tells this story through environmental storytelling. Very cute. Um, impactful. It's Forgotten, Forgotten, Forgotten City is on here, which is, I think I talked about it on the podcast, it is a former Skyrim mod. That does some pretty cool things with layered storytelling. Immortality is on here, which is um, the uh, FMV game that Sam and I played. Um, very compelling and impactful. Um, uh, a little uh, risque, but uh, <laughs> otherwise like really spoke to Sam and I. Inscription squeaks on here. It has a finish date of January 2nd of 2022, so oh, it barely oh, nice. was finished within 2022. And then on board games, Quacks of Quedlinburg is on here. Uh, Sam and I got that and loved it so much, we bought a, my Christmas present from her was all the premium pieces so that like they, we don't rub off all the tokens you, you have to grab. It's a cool little push-your-luck game. Very pretty pure push-your-luck where you're trying to stir potions without them... Getting as much into potions without them blowing up, uh, it's just really resonant. It's simple enough to teach anybody, but like there's lots of different options to keep customizing it, and that like it's stayed fun. And then also on board games, Cascadia is on here. Um, very cool nature-themed kind of spatial puzzle game that was very compelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will, it, it wasn't uh, technically on my list this year, but I probably played more Hunt Showdown than anything else. I've talked about that mm. game on here before. I love that game. It's a first-person shooter where, like, uh, strategic thinking and, like, audio really matters. And uh, so I probably played that more than anything else, But besides Rangers, obviously. <laughs> um, so anyway, so my, my game of the year pick from that list, sorry, I know it was a little long, but that was my... That was like everything that came to the top of the notion list. Uh, I think of those, even though it squeaked on here by a fairly technicality, I think I, my game of the year, uh, for me, has to go to Inscription. Um, hmm. It ha- had some issues and rough edges. Um, for those of you who haven't played it, strongly recommend it. It is kind of, at first, a roguelike card game. But it is so much more than that, and it is so compelling from a game design angle that I highly recommend you check it out. And I don't want to spoil anything deeper because so many things kind of unfold throughout it. Mm -hmm. But it got me thinking about game design and board game design in a way that i hadn't before you know when things certain things kind of reorganize existing thoughts in your brain and like kind of make you realize things that you like kind of knew but hadn't really formed in your brain this game did that for me Mm -hmm. in a pretty deep meaningful way it really kind of showed how far you can take what we often in game design call like development work which is like you know you have the design work which is like the core systems and you have development which is like or, or content design is, some, is sometimes called, which is kind of like taking those core systems and like making iterations on it, whether that be scenarios or more cards or other like permutations of the same core systems. Um, and, you know, there's a term design space, which is like, oh, how much design space does a system have? That's how much content you can fill the design space in with before that design space is full. And then you're out of design space is a common terminology that gets used. and. This game basically gives you core systems that seem like they have very little design space and then bucks all your expectations about what that, like the scope of that design space, and just permutates it like way beyond what you, you might have been thinking. And because of that, it has had the most lasting impact on how I think about my work. And so even though it just squeaked into 2022, I'll give it to Inscription.
0: <laughs> wow cool nice and i want to play when's that coming out on consoles do you know
1: i have no idea yeah i want to play that
0: i don't think it's been planned i've been playing it on handheld on steam deck so that's pretty cool you gotta get a steam deck andrew (laughs) that's Uh, that's all i gotta do that's all you gotta do if you (laughs) want to play inscription um i just wanted to say something yeah it's great
2: oh Oh, sorry i just wanted to say something about your organization method fisher Uh, i think it's really interesting and i it's fascinating to hear someone talk about how they document their life like that. Cause I do not do that at all. Um, <laughs> and it, but it also makes me kind of sad because it's like digital. And I think that if you just were to write, if you just, I, I, I want to imagine that you have a bookshelf full of like, you know, college rule notebooks in which you're documenting all this stuff that you can pass, like that your future kids or something can read and learn about you, but it's all digital and it's, it's in the cloud or something mm-hmm. and maybe you can output it into like you know some some print offs or something that'd be really I, fun I, to read as a I, I have
1: actually thought i've thought about that because i used to keep a physical uh moleskin notebook with everything instead and i kind of liked having that record you know like all my notes and thoughts and everything physically there and that thought of, like, you know, one day Notion won't exist and all of this will be gone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, like, a hard transition for me to make. Um, ultimately, you know, I think my, like, general nihilist viewpoint of, like, eventually all of this will be gone anyway. <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's where Helped me at. overcome it a little. And also, like, I really don't like, like, I try to keep my physical possessions fairly minimal, my board game mm-hmm. collection, notwithstanding, <laughs> uh, And so like, I don't like carrying around tons of different books and stuff. Yeah. And so that kind of like physical minimalism overcame my worry about permanence is, 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 is what eventually led me to that decision.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I recycled my old journals a few years ago. Oh, wow. Did you? Yeah. I was like, you know, it, whenever I go back and read them, I just become increasingly in, annoyed with the person I was
2: <laughs> that means you've really grown as a person that's good Yeah. or,
3: or I would, uh, somehow in like reading old writing become, it's like my mind was almost like transported back oh. to that mindset. And it's mm. like, I don't want to, I don't want to be, be in, in that, that headspace. That's not me. That's like, that's not really yeah. how I am anymore. How I think, how I feel like it's, it's so different. Um, mm-hmm so like uh, I don't even know if it, I'd, it like leaving leaving it for my kids I think that would be like oh, I don't know is this how I want to be remembered my dopey like <laughs> college <laughs> and years afterwards thoughts that I collected in these in these notebooks
0: where I felt like I was so wise <laughs> yeah yeah like, that that's the hard that's the hard, yeah. that's the hard uh, most cringy part yeah. when you think you're so wise and I'm sure wise. like
3: you know 40 years from now I'll be the same same thing about myself <laughs> now like, yeah.
0: oh I didn't know what I was talking
3: about. <laughs> when you shit watch these sounds. podcasts back.
0: <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Inscription so, is so,
3: available on PS4 and it's on sale right now. Oh, is, so it? Oh,
0: it, is? it? Oh, yes. it is. Oh, shit. Well, all awesome. right. And it, it is fun to play with the controller. Like they, they did a good job mapping the the stuff to the controller. Yeah, Cause I'm it kind of looks like it should be mouse and keyboard, but
1: like I said, it has some rough edges. Uh, don't get me wrong, but uh, oh, that's all right. it definitely made me think more than anything. Yeah.
3: I like yes. those devolver games. Typically,
1: I yeah, mean, yeah they they have they have good taste in what they mm-hmm. curate into their Absolutely. lineup.
3: lineup. think the last one I played was uh, Nuclear Throne. I oh yeah it. yeah love. You New ever played that, game.
0: Otters? I I spent lots of hours with Nuclear Throne. Nice. So I don't know if it is a devolver game, but it, it definitely is, is in it? there. It is in their I It was in their catalog. It's in their style. They have Enter the Gungeon, which is a similar game um but anyway did you play ape out did you ever play ape out no but i saw it it looked cool it's so cool the drum it's all drums the soundtrack like jazz drums like that movie oh that's vlam
3: beer that's what i'm thinking of
0: oh yeah oh yeah i love vlam beer too no longer in existence but nope (laughs) well happy new year everybody is that did we get through all the yeah Fisher that your description. You yep. Yeah, that was
1: that was that was everybody's uh, games of the year. Yep. I think Earthborn Ranges is just the game
0: of the year. Well, <laughs> maybe it'll be on some lists next year. Next year, yeah. Not just yep. on this podcast. Yeah. Let's pray. I think it will. I think it will. Everyone pray for the new year and goodbye. <laughs> 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 Happy new year everybody. I, I wonder if the people will tell like how loopy I am in this episode. I'm really loopy. <laughs> I don't, it's it's like one where I don't want to like play it back for myself. I feel like I've been acting like a drunk person. You're great.
3: Oh, thank you. I could, you did a great job. I can't believe you're drunk.
0: <laughs>
3: I haven't. You could just just try to
2: re-record yourself and fit it in. You know? yeah. No one will know. <laughs> Change
0: some words. Just you know? seamless. The next question yeah <laughs> well cool job guys and thanks for listening everybody. sorry this is a such a short episode hour and a half instead of an hour and 40 um, <laughs> uh, but there's not a lot of work good. stories.
1: miss those 10 minutes yeah
0: um, okay well we'll see you in a couple of weeks everyone reach out to us as always and goodbye.
3: bye
1: bye <laughs> thanks everyone. Yeah. <laughs>